Welcome. It is seven minutes after nine o'clock. Glad to have you with us. 874-9390-800-529-5572. That will uh, get you into the studio. You can also go to GaryNolan.com and send me a message and uh, it will uh, pop up right here in studio. Brian Hansen Engineering pushing the buttons. We were talking before the break, uh, during the news break. Uh, about uh, pet peeves on the road, and I've I've only got one, Brian, and it's Grindstone Parkway and its <laughs> speed limit because it's aspirational. Nobody ever does it, and it's frustrating. I was driving thirty five, and I was in front of you. What was the problem? <laughs> <laughs> Look at the speed limit sign and do it at least. Do so it. that would be your biggest driving pet peeve is people that don't drive the speed limit. No, people who drive under the speed limit. Oh, okay. People drive over the speed limit. Don't bother me <laughs> as much. <laughs> they just they just hum along. Why? What was your pet peeve? Oh, people that cut in front of you, you know, when there's barely enough space to do so. They weren't in their lane to begin with. You know, they could have gotten behind me. But no, they have to jump right in front of you and then exit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that just burns my tail. And it happens almost every day, even when I close up the gap and I feel like I'm tailgating. But somebody always manages to, oh, I got to get in front of this person. Oh, it's just, it grinds my gears. My wife took a class on um, driver etiquette. And it turns out there are only, I think, two out of about 30 things that I don't do wrong. You're not supposed to get upset when somebody cuts you off. You're supposed to just roll with the punches. Um, You shouldn't even talk about people who are irritating you while you're on the road. You know, like, look at that idiot. What a moron. You're not supposed to do that. Okay. So Gwen and I were coming back from uh, Starbucks over by where you used to live. Uh Uh-huh. And... Going home and decided we were not going to talk about <laughs> anybody else on the road. We just, we weren't going to do it no matter how irritating they were. That was the quietest ride you've ever heard. We, we barely spoke. It was frustrating. I, I, I don't think I, um, I, I think I inherited road rage from my father. Uh, I've, it's under control. It wasn't always, but it, but it's under control. Um, I, I don't know if I ever told the story or not, but in Cleveland, there's a, a bridge. It's the Hope Memorial. It used to be the Lorraine Carnegie Bridge. It's a pretty long span. And uh, some guy cut my father off, and then Dad cut him off. And then they got out of the car, and uh, Dad just beat the snot out of this guy. So uh, dad is trying to get back to his car and the guy's trying to run dad over. So they do this back and forth, cutting each other off again on the other side of the bridge now. Dad gets out of the car. He's got this guy kind of wedged in and the guy rolls up his windows and locks his doors. So dad took off his shirt, wrapped it around his fist and punched, punched through the windows of the car. Kicked in the fenders. I mean, he was, clearly he was furious. Uh, and, and then they both got arrested. Yeah, so I, I, I may have inherited a little bit of that from Dad. Uh, and, I, and I had an occasion where some guy uh, cut me off and pulled a gun on me. 
Oh, no. And that was the end of my road rage. Um, thereafter, I kind of kept it to myself. But I don't know. It just seems like there's so many things that um, can set people off. You know, sitting at a stoplight, and then the light changes green, and the person has got their face in their phone. Go! They're, oh. they're not even looking. So, yeah. I, I mean, there's just so many of those things, and I thought maybe... Pull off of uh, off of our street and then uh, get on Grindstone, or New Haven, and try to make a right onto 63 North. And there's always some idiot that drives so slowly you can't make the light. Yeah. Oh, it is frustrating. Well, that's all there is to talk about today, folks. I guess so, yeah. Sorry. Uh, except, uh, except... I guess me and you are the only people on Earth that have the problem with other drivers that just need to go back to Driver's License Academy. (laughs) My father would yell at him, and and then uh, ultimately, if they continued to harass him, it was uh, fisticuffs. And and, uh, one of his favorite lines was, where'd you get your license, Sears? (laughs) I I don't know (laughs) where he got that from, but it was one of his favorite lines. Anyway, um, there is such incredible tumult around the world. We've got this whole thing with uh, Russia threatening to use nuclear weapons, uh, Iran getting nuclear weapons, Israel we know has nuclear weapons, and Iran and, and Israel are kind of threatening each other. We're probably, you know, possibly, and, and I, I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it could happen. Uh, we could end up with a nuclear war. But uh, some members of the administration are not so concerned about that. I'll, I'll explain what that's about uh, probably about 20 after on the program, maybe a little bit sooner. In the meantime, apparently Rick has a, a pet peeve, so he's sending, a, well, he's on the phone. Rick, good morning. Good morning. Mine, mine's kind of Columbia specific. Right there on Broadway at college, those two lanes on Broadway if you're going into downtown. Used to be the inside lane, you would have to merge into the outside lane, but they switched it up and turned that right, the outside lane into a right turn only lane. Well, folks don't listen and try, try to go straight down the road, and you're about barreling into traffic that has the right of way, and that just, oh, that ticks me off. And Trust me, it takes my wife off, too, because she'll sit there and be like, don't you let anybody in. (laughs) (laughs) My kind of woman. Good going, Rick. Yeah. (laughs) Have a good one, Gary. You, too. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. (laughs) Don't you dare let them in. Yeah, that's that's crazy. (laughs) You know, the other thing that makes me crazy are these stupid bike paths. If, and I'm still confused about this. After all this time, I'm, I'm confused. You're driving in the right lane where they have that uh, bike path thing because you want to make a right-hand turn. Are you allowed to drive on that bike path lane? You can if uh, if you need to. What a waste of... <laughs> I was going to say something, but I better not. <laughs> no, no. No, no, Only no. if there's a biker there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You're going to get a ticket just for saying that. But don't honk at them. Oh, uh, no. No, no. You get, a, you get a ticket for that, too. What's the Facebook post say? Uh, let's see. We literally just had to wake someone up who was asleep in the McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, 
Uh, they must have been listening to the other talk station. Uh, all right, uh, 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Or you can go to uh, GaryNolan.com, send a message. Apparently, with all that tumult in the world and all the threat of nuclear weapons, there is a, there's a, a greater danger out there. I, I know, you, you can't imagine what it might be. But the administration and Biden, they know what it is. That's next on the Gary Nolan Show. The Zimmer Radio Network. 19 minutes after 9 o'clock, Gary Nolan Show. Uh, nuclear, uh, uh, a nuclear attack? That's, that's not so bad. Don't worry about that. Uh, at least that's what the administration is talking about. Brian and I weren't intending to go down the road of, um, you know, things on the road that make you crazy. Uh, it just popped up in a conversation just before we came on the air. But there's a guy in Georgia who was doing 90 in a 55 and got a $1.4 million fine. <laughs> Woo! Boy, that is that is one heck of a ticket. Was it an accident? Uh, no, no. It was to guarantee that he shows up in court. <laughs> $1.4 million for doing 90 miles an hour. What do you do? You know, one of the things I always think is it's... It's not a crime until you harm somebody else, right? Yeah. So if you're doing 10 over on the on 63, but you're not in an accident or causing one, should you have to pay a fine for that? Well, I mean, the same thing could be argued about stop signs. Uh, come up on a four-way stop, you see all directions are clear, and you think, hmm, I could keep going here, and it wouldn't cause anybody... <laughs> Any problem? Not that I've ever done that. No, uh-huh. not you. No, Nene <laughs> Perlene. But I told you about that time during the the blizzard in Cleveland when yes, I got stopped. You did, <laughs> and you stopped finally. It's, it's uh, I I worked. I opened the bar at five thirty in the morning, and I worked until closing. And it was I don't know eighteen twenty below zero. The wind was blowing. It was literally a blizzard, according to the meteorologist. So I go home and uh, I get some heat in the house for my mother and my sister. And then I have to turn around and go back and open the bar at 5.30. So I'm driving down uh, this road in in, uh, Cleveland. The snow is, and it's like 4.30 in the morning. There's no, there's like one other car on the whole road that I saw the whole, the whole ride. And I come up to this intersection and I'm afraid if I stop, I might get stuck. People who drive within a lot of snow understand that momentum is, is your friend if you don't want to get stuck. So I slow down. I look. The road is vacant, except for that one car way, way behind me. So I roll through the light. Don't you know it was a police car? <laughs> of course. And, and he pulls up alongside me. And I'll never forget he had power windows in his squad car, which I thought was, you know, I didn't. At the time, this was in the uh, mid seventies. That wow, that's pretty. That's pretty slick. He didn't stop either. He just rolled alongside me and said, "You you went through that red light. You could cause an accident." And I thought, "Well, who with? There's nobody else on the road. He can give me a ticket, uh, but I thought it was uh, rather." Um, a waste of his time. Now, were you stopped during this conversation? No, we, we're both okay. rolling. We both know if we stop in this deep <laughs> snow, we're not going anywhere. <sighs> that doesn't sound safe. 
the cop next to you driving down. Yay! You didn't stop at that last sign. Yeah, yeah I he, know. I couldn't because of the snow. Yeah. He, Rip, he, that's crazy. He rolled down the passenger window from the driver's side and is yelling to me. Like, wh- wh- why? What the hell? There's nobody else on the road. It would have been more dangerous to just stop. Gary is on the line. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Gary. Hey, uh, a couple of them for you. The one thing that really hacks me off on, uh, like, the interstates is, you, you know, you're driving along. Let's say you're doing 70, but you look in your rearview mirror, and here comes a car. He's in the passing lane, and, I mean, he's gaining on you like a son of a gun, and you are slowly gaining on, uh, say, a truck oh, or a car yes. for you. And then he comes right up to you and stops on your rear bumper. Yes. So you've got to stop for the guy ahead of you. Yes. Or he pulled yeah, right alongside you so you can't get out. Right. And you've got to slow down. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a, that's a crazy maker. That really is. Now, a, a good one, I was, when I was driving in Montana, of course, out there you can drive kind of like you in your uh, snow story. Uh, I was out in Montana. There wasn't, I didn't see a soul anywhere on this highway. And I, I think back then, it's back when they lowered the speed limits, whatever they were. Uh, you know, on, uh, anyway, I was doing about, oh, I'd say a good 20 miles an hour more than the speed zone. And all of a sudden, this car coming in the other direction, you see his lights come on. Ah, crap, you know. I pull over, he pulls in behind me, and he goes, Hey, he says, uh, I know there's nobody out here, but uh, you're going a little over the speed, a little too much over the speed limit. Slow it down a little and let me go. Wow. Wow, that was generous. That was good. Well, I mean, what am I going to hit, a jackrabbit or maybe an antelope <laughs> or something, you know? Uh, yeah. But he was, he was a good guy. Yeah, you know. he could have written you a ticket. He's doing his job, though. He, the point is to keep you safe, I guess. Yeah. All like, right. like I said, it was like you. There wasn't anybody there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who, who am I going to get? I could get hit by a submarine, it would be about as likely. All right, yep. Gary. Take care. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Jim, good morning. Hey, so I grew up in Wisconsin, and a buddy of mine from college spent some time working in Texas. And I don't know exactly what part of Texas, but they rarely get snow down there. And it kind of freaks everybody out when they do. And so he happened to be going down the highway, and it started to snow and sleet. And usually only lasts like 15 minutes, if anything. But everybody pulls off the highway. He's like, what is going on? You know, like every, just hundreds of cars just pulling off the road because uh, it's going to stop in 15 minutes, but they're all afraid. So he just keeps going. And a cop pulls him over. And the cop is like, what are you doing? It's snowing. We got to pull over for 20. He's like, do you see my license plate? It says Wisconsin. <laughs> this is nothing. And the, the cop said, if you go, I'm giving you a ticket. You got to wait 15 minutes for it to stop. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so, wow. But, yeah, insane. insane. All right. So, <laughs> Jim, th- thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I'll tell you what they do get down there is they get a lot of ice. Uh, not a lot of snow. Uh, I worked at uh, USA Radio, and I can remember when it was snowing, everybody just went right to the windows to watch because it didn't happen a lot. But what they do get is a lot of ice, and there is nothing. The only two things that I'm concerned about when I'm driving are deep water, hydroplaning, and black ice. 
because under those circumstances, there just isn't much you can do. Uh, all right, uh, let me uh, let me do this. Uh, we've got all this tumult all around the world. Possible nuclear attacks. Uh, Putin keeps threatening that uh, and, and uh, against Ukraine and uh, NATO countries. Uh, now we've got this tumult in the Middle East, the Gaza Strip, and Israel. Israel has nuclear weapons. Uh, so does Iran, and there's some noise being made there, and so it's a possible uh, it's a possible threat, though it's it's not really all that likely because both sides lose. There's no there's just no winning. But the Biden administration doesn't see that as the big threat. Nope, not to them. Here we go. This is Kirby. Uh, on Fox News. Given that the United States is now involved in wars that are taking place in Europe and also in the Middle East, I, I, I want to play this soundbite for you that is just last month in Vietnam and ask you if this still holds for the president. Watch. The only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, <laughs> 10 years. Given all the nuclear players in these two areas where we are now engaged on, does the president stand by that comment? Absolutely he does. Climate change is an existential threat. It, could, you know, it actually threatens and is capable of wiping out all human life on Earth uh, over time. I mean, that's, I don't know how more existential you can get to that, but that doesn't mean that we walk away from our obligations, our national security interests in very dangerous parts of but the John, world. You so, Brian, if we get a one and a half degree uh, increase in the temperature over the oh, course of the next 100 years, I'm telling that you, would be worse me. Yeah. than it's standing worse than a nuke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's what I'm we ought to do. Now. We ought to put them in a room somewhere and offer them a choice. Ground zero or we crank up the temperature by a degree and a half <laughs> and see which one they pick. I <laughs> just... Nuclear, a nuclear attack would be nothing compared to global warming. How convinced are these people? Holy moly. Oh, the insanity of They it. are all in on stupidity, aren't they? Oh, yes, absolutely. By the way, there's a, a new story. Uh, and we'll, we'll see, do I have time? Yeah, I'll, I'll do this very quickly. Toyota is merging with some battery company to make a solid-state battery. And I've told you about solid-state batteries in the past. If, you're, if you weren't listening then, um, I'll explain that unlike the current powered uh, battery-powered cars, a solid-state battery would charge up fully in five minutes. And there would be no fire uh, hazard. It, they, they don't overheat. But there are a couple of drawbacks. One of them is the fragility. I mean, these things crack very easily. And... Uh, recharging them over a, a reasonable period of time is somewhat of a challenge. So they are nowhere near ready for this. If they ever do perfect it, I would buy one of those. But Toyota is sinking a ton of money into them. That'll be a game changer. All right, 874-9390-800-529-5572. The Middle East and the economy coming up. The Gary Nolan Show. Our economy, not so good. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 
It's 9.35, the state of the economy, and if you listen to Paul Krugman, it is, uh, it's terrific. Uh, <laughs> the war on inflation is over, he says. Um, and he points to a chart of the, of the CPI. It dropped from 7% last summer to below 2% in September. Uh, yeah. And, and he says we won at very little cost. Uh, but, of course, in order to do that, you have to drop, uh, you know, the things that everybody has to buy. Food, gasoline, etc. Apparently, uh, a lot of economists weren't horribly impressed by his uh, his commentary. What? Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, one guy, uh, president of uh, macro strategist at uh, Bianco Research, said a totally ridiculous measure. Uh, it excludes 55% of the index. And the one that I really, really enjoyed uh, was this other economist who said, you know, Krugman's almost always wrong. His, his exact quote was, he's right. Paul Krugman is right. And it pains me to say that because he's usually wrong. I re-ran his numbers, making a few more exclusions, and it turns out inflation's actually 0%. <laughs> he attached a satirical chart, and it said that inflation would be zero if even more sectors like healthcare, education, and travel were taken out of the index. <laughs> if nobody spent any money at all, we took everything out completely, it would be at 0%. Amazing. Uh, so he's, he's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you... Just exclude everything people buy, you're, you're going to have 0%. <laughs> and the left love Krugman. I mean, they rely on this guy. He's a moron. But there's, there's a little more news here dealing with the economy. Uh, there is a report that was made by a group called Epic Bankruptcy and the American Bankruptcy Institute. I didn't even know there was one. Uh, but they looked at Chapter 11 bankruptcy filings, and they have dramatically gone up this year. Uh, according to uh, Retail Dive, Epic Bankruptcy, uh, the report shows Chapter 11 bankruptcy filings rose by 61% in the first three quarters of 2023. Oh, Bidenomics is a good thing. What's more... Nearly a dozen high-profile retailers like Rite Aid and Petco uh, are going to uh, be declaring bankruptcy this year. By the way, that whole Rite Aid thing, it's all based on opioids. And that whole argument about opioids is a great big fat lie. But, but they're, you know, it's causing them to, uh, to go into bankruptcy. Other things uh, made it even worse. Um, retail employers uh, are doing mass layoffs in January, eliminating 13,000 jobs. U.S. employers at large uh, reduced staff by a total of 102,000, 103,000 really, uh, people. 440% increase from the previous January. So the last year has not been particularly good, even though the administration wants you to believe that somehow Bidenomics is the great thing. Wall Street Journal has a piece today. If the economy is so strong, why are consumer stocks tanking? Over two dozen stocks in consumer sectors of the S&P 500 set new 52-week lows in October. So these would be uh, Target and uh, other retailers that rely on people going out and spending money. 
So the economy is not humming along. Bidenomics is not working. We are slowly but surely working our way up to the recession. I, I, I hate to keep hitting on this, but it is an issue that, that uh, people need to understand. Even though inflation has continued to go up at a slower pace, wages have grown at an even slower pace. So the difference between what you have or what you make and what you can buy has gotten worse. And this administration is trying to tell us somehow that, that you know, things are, are really looking good. There was another story. I don't know if I uh, shared this with you, Brian, about uh, what's going on with the, uh, the bond market. Uh, apparently, people are pulling back. They're not buying the bonds the way they were. The Treasury yields uh, are, are getting screwy. And most people think it's because of the U.S. debt. The surge in Treasury yields uh, has people really worried. Uh, Ten-year U.S. Treasury on Friday uh, claimed four point, uh, it climbed by 4.88% for the first time since 2007. The 30-year offering reached 5.05%, also a 16-year peak. Uh, and and they're you know they they bounce a little bit. There are some vicissitudes in the marketplace, but what what they're saying here is that because the national debt is so big that um, nobody wants to buy the debt. Carl uh, uh, Haling uh, from LBBW he said uh, the increased bond issuance by the U.S. Treasury Department. Uh, markets are increasingly worried that U.S. fiscal situation is moving on a long-term, unsustainable, bad trajectory. People around the world that were, you know, investing in, in our debt are afraid to. And it all points to two things that I have been hammering on for years. And my fear is it's getting too late. There was a time when we could have turned this around pretty easily. But neither the Democrats nor the Republicans wanted to do it. Now it's, it's going to be a real challenge. It's going to be a real challenge. Uh, there is a, a, a slowing demand for our debt. Central banks aren't buying our bonds. They're selling them. Um. It's the quantitative easing. It's all the money that they're printing. We got a problem. We've got a problem. And I'm telling you right now, put your money somewhere, turn it into something that you can use if the market collapses, if the dollar gets eviscerated. They want you to believe it's the strongest thing in the world, and it may be stronger than some of the other countries, but it's not strong. We cannot continue this kind of debt. It, it's, ju it's just not possible. 874 uh, If you're not going to Reason Magazine, Reason.com, you are missing out on a lot of truth. A lot of truth. There is a piece up there called Take Nutrition Studies with a Grain of Salt. The epidemiology of food and drink is a mess. And 
they make clear something that I have been pointing out for the longest time, that meta-analysis are just not to be trusted. If you don't know how that works, somebody decides to do a study, but they don't do a study of their own. They do a study of other studies. So what they have the opportunity to do with a meta-analysis is pick and choose which studies they're going to analyze. So if they want to make a point, don't eat red meat, they can look at all the studies that show red meat is bad for you and then put them together in a meta-analysis and conclude, you know, nine studies uh, show red meat is bad for you. It's, it's cherry-picking data. And they point out how bad it is and how confusing these studies are. And, it, 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 you know, meat increases heart risks. Latest study concludes a uh, story in the New York Times back in 2020. Uh, eat less red meat, scientists said. Now some believe that was bad advice. I mean, they, it just it goes back and forth and back and forth. The one conclusion everybody seems to agree with is refined carbohydrates like sugar. Try to avoid them. But don't be afraid of red meat. Just eat in moderation. And forget the food pyramid. The food pyramid is probably responsible, more responsible for obesity than anything else. Of course, we could have fork control. You know, like gun control, because people usually eat with a fork. But beware when you, when you hear these studies, look them up. Find out if it's a meta-analysis. And find out if there are other studies on the other side that were... I mean, it really, you've got to stay on top of this. Uh, I've been aware of this for years. And I'm just telling you, eat with moderation. Try to avoid sugar if you can. Red meat is not bad for you. It's, I mean, it's just, they're crazy making. I, I've, if I went through the studies that they talk about in this article at Reason, you, it would just be one flip-flop after another. All right, up against the clock. we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. 951, glad to have you with us. 874-9390 if you're local. 800-529-5572 if you're not here in Columbia. Uh, and uh, GaryNolan.com if you want to send me a message. By the way, uh, there are no cookies there. I, we don't, uh, I don't do any ads. I don't do uh, any cookies. You can just send me a message and it, it will pop up in studio. Um, in the meantime, uh, there are a couple things that, uh, that I want to cover uh, dealing with the Middle East. Right now, just as I predicted last week, everybody is trying to tell Israel to back off. You're overreacting. You're the whole point of the exercise. This was the whole point of the exercise. I pointed this out last week. Was to make Israel respond and then paint them as overreacting and they're the bad guy. And it's 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 already started. China uh, says Israel's actions in Gaza are beyond self-defense. Uh, Iran said, uh, you know, they they're going to get involved if if this uh, they just can't stand by and let this happen. 
So this music festival slaughter, they're supposed to just turn the other cheek, right? Yeah. Um, okay. It, it would be an act of war anywhere except in Israel. <laughs> there, <laughs> there you just roll with the punches. You know, you, you, you keep getting attacked. Eventually, you're going to just say, well, you know, uh, we got to respond to this. If, if Israel doesn't respond to this, uh, they're just going to keep getting attacked. And you, the, this, you know, painting them as the great evil. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying that Israel is perfect. They, they've done some things that I think are, are really questionable. But I don't think they're the great evil. And I am uh, I'm concerned that, that uh, these other countries, and Iran in particular, are going to succeed in painting them as the bad guy for defending themselves. And, and, and this was... See, it, now if they do this, if they successfully paint Israel as overreacting... Then all of those countries in the Middle East, the Abraham Accord countries uh, and Saudi Arabia and, and others, will say, oh, we have made a mistake. We shouldn't have made this deal with Israel. Look at how cruel and vicious they are. That was the whole point of this. That's why, and I do believe Iran was behind the planning. And I do believe they were behind the financing. And I do believe that was the point of the whole thing. The 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 the, uh, the people in the Middle East. There was this huge shift where they were saying, "Yeah, well, maybe we could do business with them. Maybe they're not so bad after all." And that terrified Iran. That would have left Iran as odd man out. They were losing ground left and right. Now, well. They have a chance at turning it around. Just paint Israel as the bad guy. And I don't know how Israel, I don't know how else they do this. I thought about this over the weekend. I don't know how else they can root out Hamas uh, and, and, and protect their borders unless they go hell bent for leather. Will innocent people die? You betcha. Innocent people died in Israel last week. Israel is going to go back and, and, and respond to this. And innocent people will die as the result of their response. It's just what war is. Don't forget, we, we nuked, we, we dropped atomic bombs on, on Japan. We killed millions of innocent people. At least hundreds of thousands, because we wanted to end the war. When we were, you know, dropping bombs over Germany during World War II, innocent people died. It's what happened. That's what happens in war. Since when do we have a politically correct war? Since when do we have a war? that endangers the people who are trying to protect themselves in an attempt to keep the bad guys, you know, uh, and their allies safe. And by the way, the Palestinians elected these people. They elected them.
to lead their country. So I have, I have uh, virtually uh, no sympathy for the argument that they're overreacting. 874-9390-800-529-5572. And I want to clarify something because I talked about this last week. I do believe they did some pretty horrible things, these Palestinians, when they went into Israel. The one thing that I questioned, and I got some response to this, oh, no, no, it's absolutely true, was the beheading of infants. I'm not entirely sure that happened. It might have, but I'm not going to respond to that because I haven't seen any proof. And nobody has come out and said, well, I've seen the movies, I've seen the pictures, I've seen this. Uh, nobody uh, that I know of has done that. I've heard people say, well, the military said, but I haven't heard it directly. It doesn't mean that they didn't do some pretty atrocious things. To the phones we go, uh, David is on first. David, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, you know, when you have rats in your house, you don't uh, poison half of them and you don't feed the other half. You poison the whole nine yards. You know, if you're going to eradicate your rats, you know, to begin with. You know, and that's the way Hamas is. You know, you've tried, you've tried to deal with it. You know, you can't tolerate it. What I can't understand is, is all these Muslim-loving countries. How come they am not? They're not taking in the Hamas, or the the refugees, and all that stuff. They expect the United States and anybody else to take care of these people. And how come Egypt don't want them, and Syria they don't want them? How come, where are all these Muslim-loving countries? How come they're not wanting to accept these refugees? Yeah, your point is uh, is well made. Uh, I won't say on the air what uh, what uh, my mother used to say about Palestinians, and she was from the Middle East. Uh, but yeah, if if um, if these other why don't these other countries want them? What is it that? prevents them from taking them. It's, it's a really valid point. David, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Less than a minute, Robert. I can throw your call in and then I got to run. Alright. Um, what I think Israel should do is unleash their war dogs. The, the world needs to turn their back for about two weeks and shut their mouth and it will be taken care of. And you will see a dramatic decrease in terrorism around the world if somebody sees a country doing that. Yeah, feed them into submission. Make it so that even the innocent people who are living there go, I don't want you in my country. I don't want you leading us. Robert, thank you for the call. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.